T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And so, it, but this is not new news, right? And so, to me, you know, we welcome in uh, Rich Hanley, of course, professor in journalism at Quinnipiac University. To me, Rich, there's two different things, like changing the way the delivery is because print isn't profitable is different than newspapers shuttering completely, right? So, I mean, if you're still out there working and find a revenue model digitally or some other way, some hybrid, that's one thing. But newspapers disappearing is different. Now, is this this situation with something like the registered citizen, is that just one step toward oblivion? Well, it's certainly one step toward cutting costs as much as possible to save as much as you can and apply that money to uh, what's left of the of coverage of a town. Uh, so it's 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 not one step, um, you know, toward toward oblivion. But uh, it's somebody is certainly looking in that direction. Uh, you know, you just can't make it work with a digital only model um, for for smaller or mid sized papers. The advertising just isn't there to support it, and and the subscription money may not be there. Uh, there's already a, a subscription overload with all the yep. streaming services and whatnot. Uh, and folks are looking very carefully at their own balance sheets and seeing that money leak away week after week, uh, month after month. So let's hope they stick with the online subscription uh, and to keep the, keep the newspapers alive. I'm just curious because I'm sure you spitball this all the time, like what does the future look like? And we've talked a lot on this program, I even talked about it with you, that for me, most importantly, is like it. You get rid of the local paper, then the check and balance on local municipalities goes away, and then, you know, you can get all the Facebook groups in the world, but there's nothing, you know, more. You can't hold anyone to account better than a local paper can. Like, what is your sense about? Uh, I'm not even talking about the citywide level. I'm just talking about these communities. Is there going to be a news desert, or is there a way that something will be able to come in and, and fill that void? Uh, well, Brian, as the great science fiction writer William Gibson uh, once, oh, yeah. once said, uh, the future is, is already here. It's just unevenly distributed. And I, I with great sorrow, you know, can't see how local papers can survive in the digital-only environment as for-profit um, entities. So I fear that we're going to lose more and that these communities will become news deserts. And that sort of community flow of information, uh, obituaries, births, uh, that sort of stuff that binds a community together, town news, agendas for ZB, zoning boards, officials, and whatnot, will no longer be publicly accessible. And that is not healthy for a democracy. But, but do people care? Do enough people they care? care? When it goes. Yeah. They care when it goes. They may, not, they may criticize the local paper, but when the local paper is no longer available and they no longer can reach or log on for information about the community, they do note its absence um, and wish that they still had something to complain about like that. Uh, so it does matter to people, particularly people who are uh, rock-solid residents of a community that is they're generationally tied to a space and not just moving in and out. Um, it has a certain stability of population. And that's why it had so many newspapers. You know, you had 169 towns in the state, and 
dozens and dozens of newspapers, you know, serving each one in, in a certain way, uh, from very small papers to, you know, to mid-sized papers to, of course, the large urban dailies. Uh, but those, those days are gone. So let's hope that those that are surviving will be able to produce robust journalism efficiently so they can stay open, even if it's just in the digital space. Well, so we're talking with Rich Hanley, professor in journalism at Quinnipiac University here in Bryan and Company. I mean, just to summarize, I mean, you, the trend is continuing, if even accelerating, and you don't see anything to change the narrative about losing local coverage. No, no, because if you look, you know, just the way the newspaper industry has been going, uh, and I use the Gibson quote because you're seeing deserts pop up in different disparate places, but they're popping up at a, on a regular basis. Right. Um, it just hasn't hit Connecticut that hard, I and mean, primarily because of Hearst Connecticut's investment, you know, in, uh, in purchasing local newspapers, Middletown, New Haven, Torrington, uh, Fairfield County, etc. Uh, Hearst has the capacity for scale, uh, which gives it a different revenue model than, say, a family-owned paper. I like the Record Journal in Meriden, right. which is, has a tremendous digital presence. It's a, it's a digital uh, news site, has, a, has won many awards for its ease of navigation, its updating uh, of news stories, its writing, uh, and all the other stuff. You're talking like CT, they, CT Insider? Is that what you mean? Uh, that's for Hearst, yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, but the Record Journal uh, website oh. in Meriden has a tremendous website. It's won many awards for its clarity of navigation and whatnot. But are there enough people who want to pay $175 a year no. to subscribe to it? I don't know. I, I hope they do um, to keep the reporting of the communities it serves. It serves nine communities centered on Meriden. I, I just hope it, it stays alive. And one way they're trying to stay alive is shaving off you know, print distribution from seven to five days. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things about Torrington is that Torrington is going to deliver the paper by the Postal Service. So... In some areas of the town, it'll be a morning paper for those who get morning delivery. Those on the end of a, of a postal route will getting it in the late afternoon. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not going to be as it once was where everyone got the newspaper around the same time in the morning. Right. Well, you just would have to shift to, like, I guess, features and enterprise if that's going to be the case because news is not going to be relevant. So Right. Well, uh, yeah, it's a one, once a week, it's, it's going to be more of a summary of news rather than a breaking news right. vehicle for sure, Brian. So yeah. we're, you know, we're talking with Rich Hanley here. Could be, so that was my question. You hinted that, you know, Connecticut may not be in as rough shape as other places. That was my question was how – how does this compare? How does our news desert situation compare to other parts of the country? It's not as pronounced as it is in, say, uh, the Midwest or the West, you know, uh, particularly uh, you know, where there's large rural areas that just can't support any online um, news at all. Uh, it's just, because fewer a, people are online, period, right? Well, it's just a, the population is distributed widely, and it costs a ton to deliver the paper. And the advertising base is no longer there. As downtown areas, uh, the local businesses disappear in the rural areas. You know, which which has been an ongoing problem for you know 40 years right now. Uh, there's one paper in the Mountain West that uh, has been publishing for 100 years that just closed its doors last week. Uh, so, you're also seeing it in urban areas like Denver, which used to have a a few uh, papers, and now, now it's down to just one. Right. I mean, I think there is salvation in the nonprofit model. Uh, we we'll certainly see that with the New Haven Independent uh, and, and the 
and papers like that. And there is still interest in it. Ralph Nader and Andy Thibault are putting together a new venture in Winstead called the Winstead Citizen, uh, which is a, a really tremendous and courageous uh, attempt to revive a newspaper. Uh, but I, we wish them well and we'll support them in any way we can. So I, I think Connecticut, with its long tradition of news, uh, with its a population that's politically active, not politically inert, um, you know, we'll want to see news uh, papers survive or lose sights, uh, do as best as can. If, and if the nonprofit model is the way to go, then that's the way to go. Yeah. I was going to say, is there anything that we can, you know, feel good about here? Uh, this is um, people. Yeah. Who, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think so, Brian. I mean, this is, it, you know, it's, it, it is, you know, when newspapers stop delivering seven days a week and that sort of thing, it's, you know, it's certainly a word of, uh, uh, an action of caution. Yeah. But we have in Connecticut, um, you know, a great tradition of, of, of reporting and, and the citizens uh, want to be involved in the newspaper. It's a, you know, we're a big high school sports state. Yeah. Uh, we, know, we want to see our kids' name in the paper. We want to see all our local the high school we attended did, you know, and the big games. And, uh, and so I think there's still uh, a, gr- a d- great demand. The problem is not the demand on the demand side. It's on the advertising side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as big box retailers close, as malls, you know, shutter, uh, the, the, you lose a lot of revenue. Even the, the, the car dealership model, yep. you know, is changing where you can build your car online and not have to really necessarily go to a dealership. So, it's the, I think it's important to point out, it's not the news that's changed. It's the advertising that supported news. So the revenue model has to shift to reflect reality. Yeah. Hey, Rich, it's always great to catch up. One of my favorite topics, topics as well. So have a great weekend. Uh, you too, Brian. Thank you. I'm Rich Hanley from Quinnipiac. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.